Hello. Greetings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Blessed Running on Empty podcast. I didn't mean to fuck up the camera there. I didn't think my wavy that really blurred. That yeah, really messed it yeah, up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this we're is, all in focus now. So this is okay. this is the actual Running on Empty podcast. Unlike what happened earlier, if anyone got that notification. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Still, those that you those that do know are real ones. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, go tweet at Dalton. Thank you again. Yeah. Um. Today we are going to talk about music once again, and we're going to talk about five albums. Five-ish that, albums. Yeah, five-ish albums that shaped our tastes in music. <coughs> um, I actually wow that peaked. Did it? Yeah. Uh, I actually might. I have to give kind of a precursor honorable mention, so I'm going to just take that note really quick. Yeah, because I have some rough ones in my head. I didn't get a chance to fully finish my list, but there are definitely, like, some ones. I was thinking about these the other day. I'm like, oh, what what albums, like, really would, like, like shaped who I am? And, I mean, if you just you want to do a back and forth or you just want to... That's fine. I yeah. mean, or... Cause yeah, we can just do the back and forth, just kind of go through things. Well, here's... Let me tell you first how I did mine. Mm-hmm. I did mine in chronological order. Oh, mine's just in fucking whatever order. Mine's going to be in whatever order. A lot of it's just off the head, so I might forget some here and there, but I have the... Okay. I have the keynote speakers. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give... I might give six, actually, because I just thought of one that I had to put before everything. Yeah. So... So, I'll, let's just do back and forth, then. Okay. I will yeah. say, like, right off the rip... I just want to say the very first one I'm going to mention is probably uh, the first Slipknot album. Like the like, I think it's just called Slipknot. Okay. Self-titled. What's on that record? Uh, Wait and Bleed, Surfacing, okay. Sick. Basically, I first heard it, like, I had been introduced to metal and kind of knew what metal was just because of my dad and stuff, and, like, Metallica and Ozzy. But I was hearing that record that I was just like, oh, there is heavier things out there. And granted, still Slipknot's just, like, how old were you when you, like, heard this Slipknot? Ah, uh, God. Ten-ish-ish. <clears throat> could be younger, okay. could be a little older, but I would say right around that age. And <clears throat> I was like, okay, things can be heavier and faster. And that, of course, would kind of be, like, what would then set me up later in life for other bands, like the Black Dahlia Murder. But, like, those are in a completely different league, and they're right. also on this list in a different... Right. Like, category, but definitely, like, that first Slipknot album was very formative in that sense, because it, like, because even at that point, my my mom and my dad were had been separated for a little bit. I don't quite remember, like, how long, what length the time was, but I was mostly with her, and she would listen to, like, country or, like, pop and stuff like that. Her mom so, was a pop and country person? Yeah. Like, what? Whatever was if on the you radio. remember, whatever was on the oh, radio. Just radio. Yeah, a lot of it was just on the radio. I don't remember like any specifics, but what year would this have been around? Because we're about the same age. So yeah. if you were ten, it would have been roughly two thousand. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like it was roughly around two thousand, which is right around. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like that's right around when R and B and that kind of stuff really started to take off. Yeah, and I, become like much more mainstream. Yeah, definitely around that era. And I know, like, I had experience. Like, it was like kind of like it was Slipknot first, and then like other things came out around that same time that I kind of had gotten like 
experience like introduced to thus like because i know like lincoln park was making like radio play around that time at the same same time most of like uh in the end and stuff like that was hitting radio the radio waves and they were taking off so it was literally around that time that it was like it was that start of the new metal movement yeah you know lincoln park is an interesting one because i feel like even with um their first record which i is literally on the tip of my tongue i was just thinking about it a minute ago Hybrid Theory? Hybrid Theory, thank you. Right off of that first record, I feel like they were popular even off that. Yeah. Whereas some bands, it takes them a few records to really Yeah, it was like, just because I think it was, it was the, I think it was the, like basically the signs of the time because it was around that time, you know, Korn had been around for a little, like a cut, like a, a hot minute at that point. Like, I don't want to say like five years, Korn had already been like out and about because I think they came out in 93 and this was like 99. Yeah, probably yeah, something, something like that. So all those new metal bands were taking off, like Slipknot and Deftones and Limp Bizkit and Limp Bizkit. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a few. I feel like like the phrase or the term "new metal" to describe metal is kind of like uh, lazy. In yeah, because it was like because it's, like, it's oh, super it's, diverse. It's when... like it's something. It's a different taste in new metal, but it's in you because it's I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, when you compare new certain new metal bands, oh, like yeah. Limp Biscuit, Corn, and let's say, like, uh, it's like System of a Down is considered new yeah. metal. They're like nothing alike, almost. Well, yeah, it's like, you know? it's like, I guess, that, like, since we're like, all this coming up, like, talk about Slipknot, even though Slipknot in the mix, like, there's, that doesn't work. Like, saying, oh, yeah, all these bands are the same genre. It's like, yeah. Because it's, because they take, like, some hip hop influence and mix them with metal. Yeah, like, and like, did Corn even really take that much hip hop influence? They, you know, yes and no. Corn, yes. Well, Corn in the sense that they had a very low end eight hundred eight blasts. They had very more hip hop inspired like beats and drum beats going through because they they literally like the song "Got the Life" had a straight up disc as a straight up disco beat for the drums. Like the drums right. were doing a straight up disco beat. Like it's that kind of thing. Like the hip hop influences, the groove and. Like I guess it's been a moment ago. Like but then you have other bands, so like System of a Down, the beatboxing. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but then you have like Lincoln Park, where they feature actual like rapping. Yeah, rapping. Whereas like System of a Down doesn't have any of that. They have some really off the wall kind of sounds that they're creating that doesn't it, have. Like yeah, it could also. Oh, no, sorry to interrupt. You can finish. No, it was I mean like, that's it could much. be like Surge's uh kind of the way he would like almost rapid fire some vocal lines for me that wouldn't talk like yeah because I, I can't think of any specific song off the top of my head but there are some where he's just yeah. kind of like rapid firing out you don't like, care about how i feel i don't feel it anymore yeah based stuff like that like i mean sometimes that too where it's kind of has like that rap feel and flow it's yeah, like it's like more some... like that groove and stuff yeah. to it which i don't like i don't it's weird when you try to like think like how is how system of down yeah how do you new metal how do you define new metal is kind of a because yeah because that's always because it's always like i always sort of like to go it's the, mixing the elements of hip-hop and rap hip, hip-hop and metal and lincoln park makes sense that uh, you have the rapping you have like a lot a lot more electronic elements to it uh like lead biscuit because they were big in the time so if you can't talk about new metal without talking about them that's that true also makes yeah. sense even though they're like kind of laughable now yeah Slipknot still is like very toe the line because like the first album maybe because they did have some more rap e vocals here here and there yeah. but like what was like what I had they had like some electronic sounds and a DJ but <laughs> me like, and me and Jaren were just talking about this I like, was like I like Slipknot but I was like making fun of them a little bit uh, yeah I was like. 
dude, Slipknot, like, every song they make, Corey Taylor's just like, I feel like I'm gonna go freaking crazy because my parents got divorced and my mom's addicted to cocaine! Like, it's, like, always that kind of thing where he's like... Yeah, 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 he really does have that cadence to him. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, I just said some goofy shit like that, but mm-hmm. I was like... Yeah, it's, it's really weird, because especially... I mean, you look at, uh... That kind of is a common theme, though, I guess, yeah. in new Metal, is, like, that whole, like... Like you said, like, that punchy, rapid-fire delivery that's almost, like, taking a page out of, like, Chopper Rapper's yeah. book. But, like, less refined, I guess. Yeah, but then, like, you play... Then, then like, with something, you turn the page to Iowa, and then you have blast beats mm-hmm. everywhere. And, like, I don't, know, I don't think Iowa's on my list, but definitely I would kind of include that with this in a sense because i heard iowa not too long after that because i think i came into i came into the first slipknot record very late into when they would have released another album and the next thing i know because i didn't really understand album cycles my cousin had iowa and i was listening to iowa and i'm like holy shit dude yeah iowa is just another beast and to this day remains one of my favorite slipknot albums yeah and a lot of people say that that is like the holy grail of slipknot yeah it's iowa um to me, it's, I'm not a, like Slipknot's biggest fan or anything. I listen to them here and there. Uh, like, I feel like Slipknot has always been very Slipknot. Like, yeah. I I feel like they have not really strayed their path too much. Yeah, like their sound changes a lot, but like their sound, yeah, like their sound changes. However, it always has like this just so slipknot quality to it that it's unmistakable and i mean that in a good way yeah it's almost like like i mean like slipknot has never faltered as far as like what i can see and again i'm not like a big fan of them i've never done like deep dives or anything into like mm-hmm. their history but from all the slipknot that i've heard listening to a few albums you know here and there throughout the years mm-hmm. It seems like they don't falter yeah. from what they want to do. And it's always... I don't want to say it's always the same thing, but like it's always Slipknot. Like It always feels like Slipknot. And I've never heard a song and been like, huh, they really like tried to do something different. Like how Linkin Park really tried to like change yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like I've always like... like there's like this certain quality to Slipknot songs that I don't really know how to call it. I just kind of... The way I was thinking about it, now is it's sort of not like grimy, but it's got like this kind of like unclean nature to it. But yeah, a lot of their songs There's are like an are, uneasy feeling a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Even though a lot of the songs they do very clean songs that are like very well written, and but there's always like this uneasy nature to like things they do. Yeah, almost like a dissonant quality in a lot of their songs. Yeah. Too. I don't know. I I definitely respect the hell out of Slipknot for everything that they've done. Yeah. That you know, and again everything that I'm aware of, this is just me as, like, a casual listener mm-hmm. and not, like, a really big Slipknot fan. Yeah, but it's, it's suffice to say, Slipknot's put their mark on music history. I would 100% agree, yeah. I think they would make a lot of people's, like, formative lists. Yeah, so that's, that basically, that's, so what did I have to say for about <clears throat> all that from my part one? So let me ask you one more thing before we move on. Okay. So why do you think you gravitated more to metal and stuff that your dad liked to listen to rather than mm-hmm. your mom if you were exposed to them equally. I don't I really I don't, I don't really know how to put it in words, but even now I'm just like 
like you know me, I, I can stomach so, like a decent amount of like pop stuff, and like I'll, I'll listen to it. But it's like something just naturally, just kind of like oh, metal just sounds. It just appeals to me. Yeah. Maybe it's just like <clears throat> more like the raw nature of it. It's less because like a lot of like pop and like songs that were on the radio at the time, they're very clean, very polished, very like uh, yeah. There was like a very qual like a very qual like there's a quality to pop that metal di- that metal doesn't have. And like uh like a little bit of a perfect kind of quality, I think is <coughs> maybe what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, it's just mm. I don't know. I just like uh, I kind of like. Just that, I think, I want to say it's that, but you not really, I don't know for sure. It's just yeah. something about metal. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is definitely what I want. I, I, I mean, that. and that's fair enough. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts, you know, as to why that might be. So No, I don't really. I mean, I don't know if I would be able to answer that question necessarily if it was turned on me. Yeah, I don't really have an exact answer. I want to say that's probably the case, but don't know for sure. <coughs> Well, I would say for me, the first album I would bring up is No Strings Attached <laughs> by NSYNC. That was the first album I had yeah. as, as a young lad. And I liked pop music when I was a little <coughs> kid. Oh, God. Sorry, guys. All right. I don't know what's happening. Um, it's not like I'm not even coughing that loud, but we keep peeking. <laughs> um, I really liked, you know, NSYNC, something about just kind of their groove and the mm-hmm. whole like bad boy attitude and stuff was kind of cool to me like when I was really little and some Britney Spears stuff was even kind of cool to me I really <clears> liked <throat> even going back to listen to some Britney Spears songs that are old from the 90s mm-hmm. you'll see like wow this is kind of punchy like yeah. you know it's got like that like I was just watching that critical role thing where Sam goes <laughs> Yeah. Dude, but like seriously, like that it's all like kind of punchy. I really liked pop at first, but I think what really got me into metal cuz like we all know that I'm getting there at mm-hmm. some point. But uh when I was a kid, my dad is a martial artist and everything. So I liked the Power Rangers. Oh. And the Power Rangers theme song, I would say is 100% the seed that was planted that made me into a fan of like metal and thrash metal today because mm-hmm. that riff is just still so cool <laughs> it goes back to uh saturday when we were <clears throat> cooking and like i played that one stone sour song and yeah. the riff is very much like yeah a not as heavily picked version of the power rangers theme yeah but the power rangers theme song is kind of what opened my eyes to rock and roll and metal i think i i would say that but yeah, definitely my first album that I, I owned and that I really liked was was NSYNC, No Strings No Strings Attached. You know, I, I can believe it because me knowing you, you do have a very fo- a very big fondness for like bubblegum pop. Yeah, I and do like was... a lot of bubblegum pop, <laughs> yeah. but that kind of came a little bit later that I actually liked bubblegum pop. Yeah, that came more after I like started liking metal. Yeah, but I mean like I didn't just... get into Gwen Stefani and that kind of thing until later. Yeah, but I mean like hearing yeah. like this story with like the whole oh, yeah. thing, that kind of that that yeah. uh now my makes dad sense. my dad I never like he never really had music on in the car cuz usually he was working and my mom would drive me around or whatever. And my mom only practiced for church choir. 
where it was just contemporary Christian, and I hated going to church as a kid. Mm-hmm. But my parents made me go every Sunday, and we would always go. I hated dressing nice in clothes that I didn't think were cool. I always, I dude, is that like, how it works? You hate yeah, dressing dude, up as a kid, but dressing now you're up like, sucks. Now you look for the reasons. To I wear wanted, a suit. I wanted to like wear my tasmanian devil <laughs> from looney tunes i want to wear my Taz t-shirt you know mm-hmm. like when i was a kid because like you look at you know at that time like the pop and the hip-hop stuff was like kind of cool and they didn't wear freaking like izod polos you know like they were wearing pretty sick stuff at the time <laughs> you know they were wearing taz t-shirts jinko jeans and, jinko jeans and they were wearing uh michael jordan jerseys you know and that was what was cool and it wasn't it wasn't polos and button-ups let me tell you that (laughs) so i don't know but yeah that would be my first album was was nsync and i did like nsync for a while and then kind of after i moved to this area because i originally Uh lived up north you know and then parents moved down here and i didn't really have any friends i didn't really have like music or anything because this was before ipods (laughs) anyway like you'd have to actually buy cds or whatever you know to listen to music and the internet really wasn't prevalent at that time so Mm -hmm. i don't know i just pokemon really shaped my life around that those years Mm -hmm. but yeah nsync and then also the Pokemon movie soundtrack really kind of made me like pop music yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a big one. But so what? All right, we'll we'll trade back well, off yeah. to you. Well, going down the line. So basically, start. We started with Iowa, uh, Iowa self-titled, so not. Yeah. But I think the the next album uh, that I remember listening to that helped kind of like influence my taste even more, probably City of Evil. Hmm. Because I remember it was one morning we were I was getting ready to go to school and like i would get ready and another time that mtv was actually playing music and there would be some there'd be a rerun of some show like some countdown like i think it was like trl yeah. or something in the morning and bat country was everywhere yeah and i just remember hearing bat country every, every morning around the same time bat country would come on so that i started getting exposed to that was also something different it's like okay it's something high energy it's like I have this weird thing where, like, I listen to City of Evil, and to me, City of Evil is, like, it It kind of showed me that music can be heavy and fast and not be angry. It can actually be fun. Yeah. And City of Evil is fun. Like, a lot of the lyrics are fucking, they're a party. Yeah. City of Evil is, For it's, sure. it's literally Vegas. Yeah. It's Vegas. Like, yeah. it's got, there's some darker things in the record, yeah. like, with MIA and stuff like that, and, but... It is definitely, like, a fun... It's almost like a party. Yeah. The entire time. A lot of, like, the whole, like, the Beast and the Harlot thing. Yeah. And then the Wicked End. There's a lot of... Because Avenged Sevenfold has always kind of done a lot of biblical, biblical like, references and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's even in their, like, their name itself, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, even their name itself is, like, a biblical reference. But, like, there's kind of, like, this whole, like, it's the end times, like, let's just let it ride, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of a thing to it. Yeah, so that was definitely kind of like the next record I remember immediately. Oh, okay. That is one of my favorite albums of all time, but I actually didn't put it on my list. 
Yeah, so uh, it's definitely I'll, it's on my list because in the sense that it's like, oh, okay, that's a thing. It should be on my list, but there's a different Avengers Assemble record, and I didn't really want to do like many duplicates of artists. Yeah. Because, I mean, every Avenged Sevenfold record is has some sort of meaning to me, you know? Yeah, I was just saying. In the terms of my journey, City of Evil is probably the next thing. It's like, because there have been other, like, songs that I've been listening to, most of the stuff that I've gotten from, like, my cousin, but nothing that really, like, stuck. And, but City of Evil was, is the next actual record that I can remember. The drums, Sticking too. out. Dude, the drums on that record have never been replicated. Yeah. You know, they're, like... like they're, at a hundred the entire time <laughs> like and even the tone of the revs drumming is just like something that it's like they never got it quite tuned to like that again yeah you know like even just like the tone of his like snare and his kicks and everything they're so to me iconic mm-hmm. like it's unmistakable yeah it's a it's a a wild ride definitely definitely love that record yeah but i don't have much else to say but yeah that's definitely where my number two my number two was i think it's also the time around this time that i got like <clears throat> i also heard stuff like uh like green day and stuff like that which i'm not that big of a fan of but yeah it's like it's around that same time that stuff like that started happening and i had started hearing bands like atreyu and yeah. which i still listen to atreyu to this day and other bands that kind of came out around the time I think for a lot of, like, metal fans like yourself and I, Green Day was kind of, like, one of those bands that, like, you would at least... I'm just speaking for me. I can't speak for anybody else. But Green Day was one of those bands where, like, I would listen to while I was discovering what I liked. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually, like, figured out that I didn't like Green Day, really. Like, that much. Like, they... Like, but they helped me kind of like stay within the realm of rock and roll and know mm-hmm. that I liked, you know, yeah, something within this genre of punk and rock and metal and I was still figuring out what I liked. Yeah. And there are some Green Day songs that I like. Yeah, but... it's kind of in the area like okay, I have an idea of like what sounds good to me. It's just I'm not I haven't yeah. dialed it in yet. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I did dial it in, I dialed it in hard on like a couple bands. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh my second pick would be, um, okay, so like I said, my mom listened to, like, basically, she would just practice singing for choir in the car, so all I heard was, like, contemporary Christian church music and mm-hmm. stuff, and my mom practicing these parts over and over, mm-hmm. and I hated it. And since my parents were, or I should say are, uh, you know, religious and everything, I, there was kind of like this expectation for me to like listen to Christian music or mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. And there's a big Christian radio down where we live too. Yeah. And so, you know, that would be put on from time to time and stuff. And um, I discovered a band that I, that once again kind of steered me in the direction of rock and roll. And that was Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. And so one of the you know, first CDs that I had actually, actually might be the first CD that I had since I'd moved to this area. Mm -hmm. What got me back into the music was Switchfoot, The Beautiful Letdown. And that's got, um, like, Meant to Live, which I think everybody's heard. 
and um, a few others that I think, like, there might be one or two others that I think most people have probably heard or are aware of. Um, and that, like, I would just listen to that all the time because, again, like, that's all I kind of had was, like, yeah. a Walkman and this one CD. And I know, like, kids at school and stuff would be like, oh, like, what CDs do you have? What music do you listen to? And that kind of thing. And I was like, I only have one CD. And they're like, what? Like, that's it? Like, you don't like da-da-da and this? <laughs> I was like, no. It's and like, no, this was, like, during the... I feel like this was during the era where bling rap was starting to become yeah. popular, like, when I was in middle school, so there was, like, a lot of Usher and, like, that kind of shit, and I just knew I didn't like that at all. I didn't know Usher was referred to as bling rap. Well, I don't know, like, the whole... I do like that <laughs> term, though, but I know what you're talking about. Like, and a little bit later, I think, again, I might be wrong, but, like, it, like, um... Wheezy, whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. hell. Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne. Like, that kind of shit, and, like, the auto-tune came a little bit after that, but, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. It was 2006, and I, I could pull it up on my phone just to see <laughs> what else, because, like, uh, <laughs> all right. Top songs. Peaked a little bit there. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with the mic today, people. So if it's peaking and hurting your eardrums, I apologize. I don't know what's different. I can try like moving the mic a little bit up and away. Maybe that's it because the mic's a little lower than usual. Dude, what is I don't so, know what's happening with my phone now? Let's Ooh. hope that helps. I don't know if it's actually peaking. Maybe I should like start listening while we're recording or something. So yeah, I apologize again. Oh, we're almost getting too close. So, um... Can't figure oh, out. dude, yeah, like Ludacris. Oh, Ludacris, yeah, Luda. Akon. Okay, oh, yeah, th this yeah, is like yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and I know what you're talking There's some about. other stuff that I forgot about, like Justin Timberlake started uh -huh. to become pretty popular too yeah, by yeah. himself, which by that point I wasn't really as big a fan of like yeah. NSYNC and stuff. I think stuff. I saw like Gnarls Barkley. Is Gnarls Barkley there? Mm, maybe, yeah. Gnarls right Barkley, there. yeah. Yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers too, but they'd been popular for a while. John Mayer started coming around. Oh yeah, Evanescence was also you know? around that time. Evanescence, yeah, I forgot about Evanescence and uh, what was the other one, dude? Flyleaf. Flyleaf, yeah. yeah. Flyleaf. Yeah. <laughs> Rihanna. Young. But Jack. yeah, what, I, dude? What I'm talking, yeah, what I'm talking about is like you know, yeah, like I know Rihanna and Akon and that, <coughs> all that. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That kind of hip hop. Which I just still to this day do not like at all. Anyway, um, yeah, so, yeah, Switchfoot, dude. Um, and Sorry. I still think they're pretty good. Yeah, I haven't really listened to Switchfoot that much, but yeah, I don't know of them, so. Yeah, there's, that's, there's that's some point decent that songs. Their name still gets tossed around to this day, even though I don't yeah. think they are doing much. They could be wrong. Um, they still are doing stuff, but it's just not catching on as much as, it used you to. know, they used to. Mm -hmm. They kind of did the whole, is well, I don't know, I could be wrong, but it seems like they kind of went towards the same kind of path that Linkin Park did. Not that they were like Linkin Park to begin with, yeah. but like they kind of went towards this more like poppy kind of sound, yeah. That rather than like rock, because they had like the fuzzy kind of crunchy guitars yeah. and stuff. That's and, funny thinking about that. 
I was uh, recently watching a because uh, Mike Shinoda has been live streaming too. Yeah, he's been ri- he's been writing songs. He'll take a re- like he'll take a request and he'll write a song in that style. And someone said uh, someone requested like a hybrid theory style song, and he made and he like he was doing it and it sounded it sounded really good. And he made a point. He goes, "This is kind of why we didn't we kind of strayed away from this kind of sound because he goes, you guys saw how quickly I could I wrote this song. He goes, we could." Write, record, mix, and master a hybrid theory record in less than a month. Yeah, like less 20 than. days. Yeah, he goes, it wouldn't even take that long. A month is, like, a long shot. Like, we could yeah. do it very quickly, and the reason we started doing the things we're doing is because we want to challenge ourselves. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, I, I, I understand, it's true. Dude, and I respect that. <laughs> but, like, the problem is he wrote this entire song by himself. Dude, I, re- don't get me wrong, I respect that, and I <coughs> really respect Mike Shinoda, too. But at the same time, it's like, if people love your Hybrid Theory Meteora stuff, and they want that, and you're really good at it, and you're so talented at making that kind of a thing, that within less than a month, you could (laughs) pump that out, like, I feel like you should put some effort towards that, because, like, that just means that you're super gifted. Yeah. And so, like, going against that is almost, you know, unnatural. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I I think that in a way that shows that he should that Lincoln Park should have been embracing a bit more of that sound, mm-hmm. because just because something is, I and I understand wanting to challenge yourself too. I think those are both good things, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's not a right or a wrong, but I'm just saying on the flip side of the coin, just because something's easy doesn't make it bad. Yeah. either like maybe you're really talented and gifted at doing this certain thing so who knows their choice and yeah <clears throat> yeah that's all up to them yeah so i want to give the next album it's been there's a, <clears throat> a few and i might be like six or six or so by the end of this because i keep thinking of some but the next one that i kind of want to bring up there's been a couple around the same time but i kind of the next one to bring up i want to say is Dream Theater's Octavarium. Such a good record. Because it was like it wasn't quite Octavarium, like was like the first was the first I remember listening to, but like we were hearing Pull Me Under and I'm like, oh okay. Dude, that is this a... is different. And I kinda like I started like diving down this hole of Prague. Dr- yeah, like Prague. I'm like, okay, music can be a lot different. Like it can be intricate and it can be all these things that Dream Theater was and is still still to this day. Dream Theater is the perfect name for that band too. Yeah, because it's like music doesn't have to be straightforward and like in your face. Music can go on journeys and ups and downs. And... Yeah, and they truly do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of like <clears throat> the first point where it's like, okay, this is a this is a thing, and that's now led me to other bands and like music can be so much different than what we think it is, and it's not in this box like. I, off that same vein, it was just like uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan, which that was like another like hearing. They're uh, definitely out of the box, but in a whole different direction. Yeah, like hearing Option Paralysis. Yeah, that was that was an event. That, yeah, like it's definitely different, and like they're not like ones that I would consider on this list because I can think I have two more records that I'm like definitely are points in history that I want to like yeah. notate like milestones. Yeah, almost. yeah, but definitely. Octavarium is uh, like Octavarium, option paralysis, and you even have Dream Theater tattooed on you. Yeah, I do have a Dream Theater tattoo on my calf. I keep, I honestly forget about it. Um, 
Yeah, like another Elmer's in the same vein is because uh, I want to say it's Crack the Sky. Yeah, it's that's one I de- consider yeah, as well. It's, it's definitely like it's not unless because I can think of two that have a bit more poignancy, but Crack the Sky and anything like Mastodon does because Crack the Sky was not my first foray into Mastodon. My first foray was due to a Headbangers Ball album that was kind of a mix of a bunch of metal stuff at the time and. One of the first tracks was a lovely little song called March of the Fire Ants. Dude, <clears throat> legendary riff. Yeah, just like, like I, I didn't know it was Mastodon at the time, but I remember just have like, I remember listening to the song over and over and over again, just like that opening. It's just yeah. like, it's so in your face. Yeah. It doesn't let up. Yeah, dude, March of the Fire Ants is just so, that opening riff is so legendary. Even if you don't want to listen to the whole song, if you're listening to this right now, you should go listen to just that opening riff of March of the Fire Ants, and you'll get it. Yeah. You'll understand why. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like... And then, like, I was just I just want to wrap that all, all the stuff up under, like, just thanks to Dream Theater, because it kind of was like, music can be a lot different, and... Tell, yeah. tell stories. Yeah. Music can tell stories. That's that's awesome. And I would agree with uh, you on that, because Mastodon and Dream Theater, at certain points in my life, being exposed to them through you, actually, mm-hmm. really did kind of, like, open my mind to, like, how there's, like, kind of, like, a bigger horizon of, mm-hmm. like, what music can be, almost. It's yeah. even saying, like, what music can be sounds, like, kind of cliche and yeah. weird or like generic but like it kind of did yeah you know? yeah and all that's like thanks to bands like rush and yes yeah. which, which i had known of and like i've heard of before but like i didn't really grasp onto them till after dream theater like, that was oh. like the dad's version of yeah. like those kind of things it's like to this day i i love rush yeah. and it's almost like thing that i don't see people doing this is a point that i really had someone i forget who pointed out that i now i'm realizing it more and more is that people will get into bands and then but they don't and like oh yeah i like this band sound but they don't look back they don't see what influenced that band and then yeah. go and listen to them and see how that sound came to be they just kind of stick oh yeah i just like this band like, that took me a while to learn to do myself yeah it's just something that i don't know i just kind of naturally started doing and i'm like oh what did this what's that and like now it's something that i'm realizing people aren't doing like man it's a shame because it's like you have people listening to metal and you're like oh yeah they listen to uh what about ozzy or metallica and like who like oh okay this is a lost cause yeah it's it's a little depressing but you know it's just the signs of the times but we all had a moment when we learned about ozzy and metallica yeah so i don't know i i remember the days when i thought ozzy and metallica were for dummies like you know (laughs) it's like this is stupid people music (laughs) but the problem is like just so many people or not so many but the people that i knew that were like metallica fans or ozzy fans really were dummies dude like i don't know just like get your life together kind of but why are we peaking um dude i don't know it's so weird we should like figure that out for sure after this yeah like i said i'm sorry if it gets really loud but i don't think it should because we're not i wasn't coughing that loud yeah but anyway um, are we moving on to me? Yeah, yeah. That was my okay. third. Was a uh, Octavarium by Dream Theater. Okay. Um, I think I know what I have next, but I just want to confirm. 
Okay, so yeah, next I have, um, you know, after Switchfoot and stuff in middle school, I started to get into, um, you know, the internet became a little bit more prevalent and stuff, mm -hmm. and I was on a Pokemon forum, like a message board, you know, and there's like a general discussion that I was in all the time as, you know, a kid, and... I remember looking through different forums and stuff and someone had brought up Lincoln Park. In fact, in their signature, their signature, you know, whenever they made a post always said like, remember to listen to Lincoln Park. And so one day I just did and I discovered that I actually really liked it. <laughs> and that's how I learned about Lincoln Park. And yeah, I mean, then like their sound really... I guess resonated with me and then like lyrically and stuff you know everybody's had <laughs> it like looking back on it it's almost like just so ridiculous to be like Linkin Park's lyrics like <laughs> you know what I mean it's like, they're like so deep we're like Linkin Park's lyrics really affected me and like but like at the time like it was kind of true you know like everyone's had been mistreated in their lives and like Linkin Park was a great outlet to mm -hmm. like kind of like let that like pent up anger and stuff out like thinking on that i can remember to this day i can't remember what specific side it was but i remember like it's one of those like forum sites and basically what someone's signature was like i just re i don't remember the name of the video but i remember it's i know it's a lincoln park song it's a video where they're kind of like it's almost like gray and like it's a very mellow song and Chester's just like walking down the street. And there's like a, like this riot going on. I know it's off Meteora. Is it? Yeah. Man, I don't remember any music like, videos if I from Lincoln Park. Almost though. Like, uh, just there's just. It's just. Uh, oh, this is not the right one. But uh, I don't know. I just to this day can remember it. I keep clicking on like my work browser, but uh, yeah, I just can't remember the specific thing because. I don't know, Meteor or You put Linking Park. Oh, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> it could have, yeah. Dude, typing ING is just such a, you know, like, <laughs> dude, it really is, though, because, like... I'm, pro I'm programmed to have proper etiquette. Uh, I could have just clicked on track listing. From, I'm pretty sure it's from the inside. I'm oh, pretty dude. sure it's from the inside. Dude, it's gotta be. It's like, I, I still love that. I, I, I still love Meteor to this day. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's yeah. 100% it, yeah, from yeah, the inside. And, yeah, and I don't know if this is, like, I'm going to turn this down just in case. But, like, just so you can see what I'm talking about. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, we're pulling in the video oh, yeah, from, from the like inside, the, so. The tank. Right, I'm pretty the, sure, like. The riot gear that, like, all Yeah, people, and Chester's yeah. just, like, walking through the middle of this beam. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I just remember just, like, it was, like, a scene like that. Like, that stuff of the back and forth between. Oh, it's so new metal. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just remember, like, that is, like, a gif. Yeah. It's someone's signature. Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, the dawn of YouTube, the dawn of the uh -huh. internet. It was a lawless time. <laughs> it was a lawless time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Directed by Johan. Dude, and also anime music videos. Uh -huh. AMVs, dude, every single one had a Linkin Park. Oh, dude, I remember... Every one was a Linkin Park song. I remember... Or Bodies. Yeah, I remember one that was a, uh... <laughs> Drowning. It was um, 
it was a it was a Limp Bizkit song. It was one that where they there was a remix of I think it was a remix of Roland with Meth Method Man and Red Man, and they had a uh, set each person's verse to a different character from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, it's so it was so what? bad. I'm pretty sure it still exists on the internet. It probably does, dude. Because That's I think I was, so I, was, I, was I was I was about. looking I was looking up like the song because like I had the song stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, look at the song. I'm pretty sure that video still popped up. Dude, Dragon Ball Z AMVs, AMVs with Linkin Park is like one of the most just, I don't even know, dude. Like, that's just one of the most, for that era, that like is a defining thing <laughs> for that time. For for YouTube, AMVs was a defining moment. Yeah, so, yeah, so... Anyway. Back, on, back on topic. So you discovered Linkin Park. Which uh, record would you kind of contribute? Uh, Meteora, probably, because the first song I listened to was Crawling, but then like yeah. someone was like, what's a better song? Crawling or the other really popular one from this record, which Faint, yeah, Faint. I think, maybe. Faint? It might have been Faint, well, or like, I could be wrong. The start, well, it starts like a disco beat. Do, 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 do. I can't think I can't yeah. beat. I think it was faint. There's also like, breaking the habit. Like, there's like not like there's a lot. There's of, so many popular songs. Yeah, there are Meteora. so many popular songs. Like, Let me see. Yeah, it had to be faint. Yeah, like there's so many yeah. ones hit the floor. Yeah, it was faint. Like, but somebody day. was like, "Which one's better?" And I was like, "There's nothing better than crawling." Like me and my like in sixth grade, I was like, "There's nothing better than crawling." So and then like I listened to the other song. I was like, "Maybe that is better than crawling." So <laughs> I just want to go on the record here with the internet as my witness. <clears throat> Meteora superior that superior to hybrid theory. I agree. Superior to hybrid theory. I agree. Not to say that hybrid theory is unimportant or you, bad. Yeah, I like. But I, just, I think that it is a step up as well. Yeah, you know what I also really enjoyed. I don't remember exactly it. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was like the, the reanimation. You heard the reanimation album? Yeah, actually, I yeah. I love the reanimation. Yeah, album. that is a good album. <clears throat> I think I remember that. Yeah, they basically just took songs from uh, Meteor and Hybrid Theory and remixed them and added different like like guest vocalists. And there was also stuff. the crossover with Jay Z too. Oh, Do you yeah, remember that, that? Yeah, yeah, those that, were good that, songs. I think I was just listening to that the other that, day. That I don't even think any work was done into that except for some guy that was like, "Let's just mix the two oh, songs." No, they uh, re-recorded a lot of vocal lines. Oh, did they really? Yeah, they actually re-recorded oh, okay. stuff for that. Yeah, I remember I had, like, the DVD oh, CD okay. thing, and they had a lot of, like, the, there was, like, the concert and, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff. And, yeah, they actually re-recorded a lot of stuff for that. So, yeah, but main main point for me being, because I, I see we're getting kind of up there. In oh, the yeah. Um, main thing just being, like, Linkin Park, again, really defining for me. That was kind of the stepping stone, you know, between rock and metal kind of for me was going from Switchfoot to Linkin Park. And then we'll let you take it from there. <clears throat> yeah, so the next song I'm gonna say on my beach called My Journey of Life. I'm going to give it up to Nocturnal by the Black Dahlia Murder. And this was Uh this was much later. This was much, much later. I wanna say said... This Avenged was Sevenfold and then Dream Theater. This was I was already in high school, like because okay. I, I already had like had kind of a defined music taste, but then I had already discovered Mastodon, Trivium, and all the bands that are kind of are still prevalent yeah. to me to this day. But I remember it was around high school. I don't know the year, but I was going through. I was like, my buddy had downloaded a bunch of music on his iTunes, and I'm just sitting there in his attic with my <clears throat> iPod for some reason. He didn't listen to him. He had Nocturnal by the Black Dahlia Murder, and I threw it on there. 
I'm like, oh shit, this is some good shit. And that is kind of like... That's a big jump, though, to go from like, you know, I guess, prog. Yeah, like this is like kind of at the same time where like, Evan Sevenfold had really hit the. They were definitely hitting their stride. We had gotten, uh, we had gotten self. We had gotten the white album self titled. Yeah. We had gotten like, we got Shogun by this point. I think, to me, and I might be wrong, but my assumption would be because you liked Dillinger Escape Plan, that was probably your stepping stone into death metal. <laughs> this was. I say this is, am, I, am I right? I want to say this is pre Dillinger Escape. Really, Plan. I want to say this is death metal. Is a huge jump that took me many years okay. of listening to metal to I guess actually appreciate. I should point out at this point, I had listened to Death Metal before. My cousin had brought over Goat Horror albums and uh, Dimmu Borgir's and Sorte okay. Diablo. So I had, had taste and I had dipped my toes into death metal. I, okay. I had experienced death metal to this point. Like I had listened to the Goat Horror album multiple times. I'd listened to Sorte Diablo a bunch of times. Uh, like the Serpentine Sacrifice and all that. So there's some pretty heavy shit. But it was like nothing really like, yeah, it's good. I listened to it. But yeah. I, I consider this one the click. Didn't tickle your balls quite yeah, like. Yeah, but then, but then I heard Nocturnal and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Death Metal is a thing. And, and Nocturnal like is the one that you most recently let me borrow, right? No, I actually do not own a physical copy of Nocturnal. What's the one I was listening to? The one to? I think I, get, I, I I just gave you to listen to, I think that was Nightbringers. Nightbringers, yeah. Yeah, Nightbringers. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that was the most recent. Nocturnal was like their third or fourth album, so it's very early on in their career. Is, that, third. is that the one with it's, Terrible Night for a Curse? Yeah, yeah that's one, okay. I, that was like the first one I heard, heard was What a Terrible Night to Have a Curse, and I'm like, man, this shit is banging. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like the first time like death metal really like cemented itself with me was with uh, the Black Dahlia murder. It's probably this is probably around the time that that album actually came out. Yeah, I mean, I just started liking Black Dahlia murder, and you tried for a long time to get me to like them. Yeah, and I'm still learning to like death metal, <coughs> but I have some death metal songs and bands that are kind of my go-to right now. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm getting there. Yeah, definitely. Was I'm really not like a like, death course novel. Yeah, like this yet. is definitely like uh, it's it had taken years for me to like get into like I had like I guess about five or six years for me to kind of like I really wasn't listening to death metal, but like stick like just dipping my toes in the water here and there. Yeah. But this is still like I still had not fully still even with uh, nocturnal I still would not fully like dip my head in to the yeah. Black Dahlia murder pool for years later. Yeah. Like, this was, like, kind of, okay, this is a thing, and then later, sometime later, I would eventually just be full-blown into it, which probably ties into the, my, the, the I guess my fifth record, which I think is what I, what my next one would be. Okay. Which then that, which when I get to that, I, the story will continue. Unless okay. you want me just to keep going. No, that's fine. I, I kind of like this almost. <laughs> yeah. In a way, like, and it it'll make continued. It'll make a lot of sense because, Yeah. Okay, so after Linkin Park, um, I had one really good friend who has passed away since, and uh, very unfortunate, um, lost him to heroin. But he was my buddy that we played Pokemon cards, and we played the Pokemon games, and we listened to Linkin Park, and we were pretty inseparable. And his brother... One time was like, "Hey, I, all I you do." You're talking about. I think I might have t- told this story before. Yeah, I also had met um, him. not the brother, the friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I might have told this story before on the podcast, you but might have. I'll I'll keep it short. Um, but he was like, "Hey, dude, all you guys listen to is fucking Lincoln Park. Like, <laughs> why don't you like try listening to some other stuff?" I was like, "Like what?" And he was like, "Like maybe Avenged Sevenfold, or maybe Disturbed, or maybe Flyleaf, or maybe Paramore, or maybe Corn." And he like threw a bunch of these out there, and um. I remember the first <coughs> Avenged Sevenfold song I listened to was To End the Rapture. Oh, yeah. And he was like, this is the only one I have on my iPod right now or something. And so I was like, hmm, you know, kind of like that. And I dabbled a little bit in these other bands. And then he went away to, like, boarding school, and he left his iPod shuffle behind, which is important because I couldn't see any of the songs. <laughs> and I remember... He lent oh, yeah. me that. You did, you did tell me this. Tell the story. He lent me that, and then while he was away at boarding school, he's like, "Listen to some new music." So I did, and I found two bands that I really liked. Turns out those two bands were just Avenged Sevenfold on self-titled and Avenged Sevenfold on Waking the Fall. <laughs> and I remember I would just shuffle through these songs until I found one because I knew that I loved the guy's voice a lot. And then boom, like he came back, and I was like, "Dude, who is this?" And then he was like, oh, that's Avenged Sevenfold. And that's how I became a big fan of Avenged Sevenfold. And that stuck with me into high school to where I moved to this town, or my town that I'm living in now, that we went to high school, <laughs> yeah. and was a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. They got me through a lot of stuff. I have to really, if someone put a gun to my head, I have to give it to Waking the Fallen just because of you know the rough times of that record was with me for like true story i got a couple stories about the same thing basically i remember because i when i first started getting the city of evil i was like <clears throat> I, I forget how basically Dude, i got it but i was listening to city of evil quick interjection yeah, i realized how late i got onto the event sevenfold bandwagon i guess <laughs> yeah this was like post city of evil that i started yeah. liking their old stuff weird <laughs> It's like basically, anyway. <clears throat> basically, because I didn't quite understand music, or I couldn't really look up music because this was still in the dawning age of the internet. Not everyone had access to it, so I remember. Uh, so no, I remember knowing City of Evil. I had a copy of City of Evil, but I remember seeing uh, Waking the Fall, and I'm like, <clears throat> I had my mom. I know my mom was going to the store one day, and I had the money. I'm like, Mom, I'm gonna give you this money. Go pick up the Vince Unfold. I thought it was their new record. No, it was just it was just Waking the Fall. <laughs> so, yeah, it was an old record that I thought That's was a funny. new record. <laughs> Yeah, but then I had, like, basically, I think I had gotten uh, self-titled, like, the day it came out, because I remember, this ties into my second story to where I, it's, they were, like, there was this huge, big deal on MTV when it was coming out, and they showed, like, the making of the record on TV, and I remember <coughs> during the time I was, like, watching that, or I was reading or doing something in my dad's room, because he worked on this horse farm over by Martinton, and he was in this big kind of living room up, upstairs, and he was, uh, he had on the music channel, and he was watching videos, and he goes, hey, son, come check this out, and he showed me. There are these two videos that came on almost every time I was out that I remember watching them repeatedly. It took me several years later, like a year or so later, when I'd finally identify the bands and like get into them like more, like even more. But it was two songs. One, a song called "Coming the Dragon" by Trivium, <clears throat> and two, Dude, that's an amazing song. A uh, song called "Colony of Birchman" by Mastodon. Dang, those are such good songs. Yeah. So that, that these aren't like anything to do with the final record, but like. Those were just, I remember all three of those things were happening around the same time, and it was just kind of like, man. Yeah. 
Which doesn't make sense because I'm pretty sure Shogun came out not too long after that point in time. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, so it was all kind of all meshed up in one situation. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it just kind of are awesome. Yeah, it just kind of like your story reminded me of that because I remember just seeing these two bands and never knowing their names because I didn't really catch the title, so I was just watching the videos and man, when I finally found out that's who they were. I definitely like I think that was like between um uh March of the Fire Ants and then Colony of Birchmans. I had a Colony of Birchman. I had been exposed to two trivia two uh, Mastodon songs not without knowing yeah. who they were. And then like the same thing with Trivium. I was listening to Becoming a Dragon and my a Nugget had a PSP with a like a zombie game on it and it had music videos on there. Or it might have been a different game altogether. It had, it had something on PSP that had music videos on there and one of them was Pull Harder on the strings Dang. of the martyr. So I had also heard two Trivium songs without fully grasping who Trivium was. Yeah. Nice. Dude, that is super similar. Yeah. So that's just how that kind of all tied in together. So, yeah. What's your next? The next one is where it ties in where, like, kind of cementing my love for death and all that, but it's on a death metal record. Okay. It is a Trivium record that came out around 2011 called In Waves. Damn, dude. In Waves. So That is also on my list, but it's not yet. Yeah, so the reason In Waves is on there is or because... Actually, it might be yet. <laughs> it might be. No, it's not quite. Yeah, so In Waves is kind of the last... Is the one that's like... Because a lot of things started happening with In Waves. Because before In Waves came out... I remember when our buddy Josh was, he was going up to college in, like, around uh, Orland. He was up to ITT or something. Yeah. And we'd occasionally go up there. We would just sit in one of the computer rooms where he worked, did his work and whatnot, and I would just, I'd just browse YouTube. And one of the songs I heard around that time was a song called Shattering the Skies Above. Dude. Like, yeah. I, had, I remember the first time I heard that song still, clearly. Yeah. And I had a, I've already, like, it was, at this point, I had already knew who Trivium was. I had already established I loved Trivium. I listened to Shogun almost every day. But something I listened listen to that song. I listened to that song and album yesterday. Yeah. It was almost like when uh, I heard Shattering that, because this is also when God of War 3 hadn't even came out yet, which is what that song was right. for. And... And I didn't quite grasp that they had a drummer change, or maybe I did, and I wasn't. Eh, but I remember, because I listened to Black Valley, and you think, oh man, I, the, the point I'm about to make would have already cemented itself by now. But hearing that break, where because I had already kind of established myself wanting to play drums at the point, I hear that drum break where Nick Augusto is just like doing that fucking blast beat with Dude, like he's just where everything going cuts at it out in the middle of the song, yeah. and I was just like, that is nuts. Yeah. I remember like, that clearly. Yeah, and that sort of started cementing my love for the blast beat, and then In Waves came out, and I'm like, okay, this deluxe edition has Shattering the Skies Above. Oh, my God. So I remember getting that, and, like, that entire summer, uh, that, that whole summer 2011, I remember very vividly for several reasons, but it was uh, In Waves that just came Me out. Me too, dude. Like, I spent Waves, the night at your house, like, a ton. Yeah, like, In Waves that just came out, I just got in my first car, and uh, I know... I think one memory that I always kind of have, like, with listening to In Waves was during that summer, our friend Cheyenne would always be over at my house along with a lot of, most other people, and we were just, we were just cruising around listening to, like, Forsake Not the Dream and stuff like Such that. Such a good song. Dude, but, yeah, freaking Cheyenne, dude. Yeah, it's like, it's just all those memories, and then the fact that around the time, like, I remember getting more, like, hearing, like, 
the Chapman Studios DVD and Matt doing those crazy like gutturals on suffocating sight. And then him being more vocal about his love for death metal. And he started citing bands like Emperor and At the Gates. And I'm like, who the heart are these bands? And I started like listening to Emperor yeah. and At the Gates. And I have not delved into those bands. It yet. was because of In Waves that I had gotten into death metal. Like gotten more heavily into like death metal. Gotcha. Was because of In Waves. Which is very weird because it's not a death metal album. No, but there is some pretty heavy death metal influence songs like uh, Dusk Dismantled, yeah, Dusk Dismantled. and Skyline Severance. Yeah, has like some... that, that song, like that record gets obnoxiously heavy at times for no reason. Yeah, there's also like these super melodic and like heartfelt songs on there too. Yeah, like it's just such a weird mix that works together in an amazing way. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, that I would say, um, actually, yeah, for me, my next two are kind of back to back. So I could just bounce off of you with the whole in waves thing. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, like the first song, Trivium song I was exposed to was shattering the skies above. And I remember being at our friend Bryn's house and you're like, check out this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, I watched I it and I was that. like boom like my mind was blown dude i re- I remember that day too when we were just like sitting around like her yeah. computer like hey let's just listen yeah. to the music and i'm like guys and dude trivium. that blew my mind i was like what is this and then that's how i got into trivium and then i remember you bought the deluxe edition and you had a like a boom box cd player that we like listened to that record when it finally came out and waves finally came out mm-hmm. and we listened to the whole thing front to back and then, you know, like, it was like, what's the last song, like, of all these yesterdays? Yeah. And then it goes into Leaving This World Behind, that, like, mm-hmm. instrumental-ish track or whatever, like... Yeah, Leaving This World and Behind. And then I, it, like, ends out in that, like, like, the radio stack. is like... And I think I was like, something like, damn, dude, that was an amazing record. And then, like, I was just cut off by that opening riff of Shattering, and I was like, oh, my God! <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, like, it fades out so perfectly. And you're like, because you, you, at this point, you've gone on a journey. I know, dude. It's a journey, and you're like, damn. It's a, and then it's just, like, beat you over the head with... Yeah, it's so good. It's a lengthy record, too, that deluxe edition one. But we, dude, we sat our asses down and listen to that whole okay. fucking thing because right away it's already a 13 track like record on the standard edition yeah but the special edition is 18 songs that is five bonus tracks granted like one of them's an instrumental there's a couple instrumentals yeah but it's like they're randomly like interspersed throughout the record yeah. so it's and such they're a... really short but yeah that breaks up the record in a really nice way it's like part of me you, you tend to forget that drowning in slow motion and a gray so dark or bonus tracks Dude, I did not know that, actually. Yeah, it's like Ensnare the Sun, Drowning in Slow Motion, A Gray So Dark, uh, Shattering the Skies Above, and Slave New World were all Yeah, A Gray So Dark is really good, too. Yeah, so it is, that record is an event, and it'll A Gray So Dark is kind of like, got that punchy, poppy Mm -hmm. Britney Spears thing to it, too. Like the, like that whole, like, thing. Just now notice that. Yeah. Kind of does. Yeah, it's really... This record's so good. I kind of want to watch, like, Live in yeah. Chapman Studios. Dude, Live in Chapman Studios is amazing. Okay, so do you have any more No, uh, that, that, that was it, okay, really. Okay, I will, right here at about an hour, we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to give my last one that really shaped kind of, you know, my musical tastes, mm-hmm. and that is bringing it all the way back 
to the Black Album of Metallica mm, yeah. when I decided to kind of like you said, like discover the roots of <laughs> yeah. the things that I liked. So I would say I would list the Black Album as probably you know the the one that really mm-hmm. caught me onto Metallica, and then from there. Um, cause even more than Metallica, I actually am a bigger Black Sabbath fan, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to really sit here and talk about them. Cause I, there wasn't a true record that like got me into yeah. Black Sabbath. It was just kind of like the culmination of a bunch of songs from all over their history. Yeah. Cause they had been just so like if Metallica was already established as an eighties thrash metal band, then like. Black Sabbath was already even more established or yeah. you know? <laughs> it's kind of like you just you go through and you're like, you just know, I just know who Black Sabbath is. Yeah. You know, like they're synonymous with music, with rock music. Yeah, so I, they really surprised me. When I first heard of Black Sabbath, I thought I was going to be getting into like some weird like some death metal kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's just the name Black Sabbath. But I was so pleasantly surprised to hear like riff-driven kind mm. of bluesy rock yeah. and roll and uh one of the ones that you turned me on to that is still one of my favorites is symptom of the universe especially with I, that outro I, yeah i love symptom and of like the universe. that that just super bluesy and ozzy's vocals on it are just so good i mean that's so cheesy i guess to say just like they're so so good like yeah. that's generic but like it really is Dude. amazing Old old Sabbath is so fun to listen to. Like yeah. one of my favorite songs to say is still "The Wizard." Yeah, the Wizard is the harmonica. And yeah, stuff. like man, just the name like, Black Sabbath. Like I said, like it makes you think that it's gonna be like this really dark, aggressive thing. And there are moments like that. Yeah, but you just can't go wrong with Black yeah. Sabbath. Like like still like I like Sabbath for all across the the eras with all this different with all the different singers. Like another one of my favorite songs is a Dio is a Dio fronted Sabbath song called Neon Nights. Fucking love Neon Nights. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I still want to say Metallica though, just because uh the Black Album the Black specifically album is, yeah. was really what got me into Metallica and then from there yeah, they're just Master so... of Puppets and then from there just thrash metal in general. Yeah. And then even then that made me go backwards with Trivium too mm. to, you know, the Crusade and stuff like that to where Recently, I had just given the Crusade another chance because I originally wrote it off in high school. It's like not a very good record, but now that I've kind of had my tastes change a little bit and evolve more again, I'm much more of a like thrash metal. I I really love that sound. Mm. Slayer, Metallica, old school Trivium. Yeah, and I think know. it took. I just want to say when it comes to the Crusade, like people can think they want. I love the Crusade, but I think. But there's one thing Trivium fans will hold dear, and that is Ascendancy and Shogun. Yeah. And when you listen to Shogun, it took the Crusade and the better parts of the Crusade and the better parts of Ascendancy to make Shogun. Shogun, I think, is their quintessential album. Yeah. Arguably, though, in waves to me. Yes. And a lot of people will say Ascendancy because everyone's like, Ascendancy is the greatest thing Trivium has ever made. It's Ascendancy is a great album, but I think his screaming is far better on Shogun. And I don't even think you could argue that. Like, it just sounds so much more pleasing. One of of my favorite eras of Matt TV screaming is easily in waves. 
there's just something bestial yeah. about what's going on yeah. with In-Waves. In-Waves screaming is probably the best it's ever been, but I think Shogun has the best melodic choruses. And, yeah, and Shogun's, like, just, Shogun's just a wonderfully written album. The, the vocal chorus, vocal verse melodies and stuff, I think are better on Shogun. Yeah. For some, like, I don't know, man. It's just also Shogun just is also it tells like it's almost like a concept record but but not being one each each song is about like a different point of mythology and yeah all this other crazy stuff that's happening and plus it took me a while to go back and like really like catch how wonderful those uh bonus tracks were upon the shores and yeah. poison the knife or the noose yeah boy those were a trip um something too with shogun i've noticed is a theme seems to be with you saying like it's a concept record, I initially it's, thought I don't, it's, I don't think it's well, a concept record, not but necessarily. Like, yeah. But you could draw that conclusion from the fact that so mu- many of the songs are rooted in mythology, specifically yeah, I mean, Greek Greek mythology. Yeah. However, yesterday when I was listening to that record, a couple things caught my attention. Number one, they have a song about Final Fantasy VII. Well, yeah, that that too. <laughs> but like, um, number one even more so about mythology so many of those songs are about fighting a battle to the bitter end yeah in some way or another mm-hmm. and then also another just side note that's super specific that probably no one will care about is in of prometheus and the crucifix if you remember this that song yeah about prometheus and he's getting his organs chewed out and all that thing you remember the line where he says drink of the blood yeah take me in yeah originally i thought that was like about how the crows would drink up his blood from eating his guts yeah and then yesterday it dawned on me that it's of prometheus and the crucifix it's his cross to bear drink of the blood Mm-hmm. is his way of saying like this is my body this is my blood like yeah. christ said it's kind of like communion so the fire that prometheus gave is the communion mm-hmm. so i don't know if i'm right on that or not but like drink of the blood made me think of communion could be so it could be the fact that he was like kind of like because like say i look at it like yeah it's definitely about prometheus and his and his punishment from zeus for giving fire to the humans it could be like his communion every day, his punishment, which he decided to bear every day was his punishment because humans needed this fire to survive. I gave it to him. If this is my punishment, I will go through it every yeah. day without complaint. And it, like, it draws parallels to, to <clears throat> yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah, it really but does. I That like hit me in a new way yesterday, so I thought that was cool. Yeah. But anyway, I think we probably ought to wrap there. Yep. The, yeah, so it's... Any other band shout-outs you want to give? Man, if that just like quick, uh, nothing that initially comes to mind. There's, I'm sure there is a lot that I'm I want to. Th- I want to throw out yeah, a couple. Lamb of God was yeah. super big for me, um, and uh, Mastodon, like you had mentioned, yeah. was really big for me. Machine Head, um, System of Down was really big for me, and um, Behemoth in recent years. Yeah, Behemoth, definitely. It was definitely like I should have like I forget they was definitely an honorable, honorable mention. The Satanist by Behemoth. Granted, if Death Metal is not your thing, but The Satanist is still one of the best records of all time. It's a far different... Because um, it's not, like, exactly death metal. It's, yeah. It's, like, more of, like, a, I want to call it, like, a blackened rock kind of feel. But yeah. it's definitely got a lot of death metal 
stuff going on but so a lot of the songs are very much slowed down and but still if you want if you give try to give the satanist a shot it's a beautiful record they made a point of not trying to polish it too much yeah or pro novus lucifer is such yeah. an amazing song like dude. it's like I, didn't, I, I don't know why i just i didn't think about it but it's definitely if it's not on my list it's yeah because it does it just it's a it's transcended lists like it's considered one of the greatest metal yeah. albums of all time at this point. I would agree with that. And also, one last shout out, because like I said, I'm starting to now get into death metal a mm-hmm. little bit. I gotta give it to the Agony scene for <laughs> oh, yeah. Tormentor, a amazing record <coughs> that was the first piece of death metal that I... I would say it's death metal. I don't know if anybody else... Yeah. Some snob might like disagree. But like to me, it was death metal, and... That was the first one that I really sunk my claws into and was like, yes, this is it. You know, it's weird. Like, as we're saying this, I'm like, yeah, I don't really have and anything that went else. totally under the record. Yeah. Like, or under the radar. Yeah. Nobody's heard of it. A musician that I really should have been on the list and deserves to be on my list several times over, I just remembered by looking over there, Devin Townsend. Oh, yeah. Starting with, like, cause I had the same Headbangers Ball, had a strapping young lad yeah. song on there. And got into Strapping Young Lad, and then eventually Devin Townsend. Devin Townsend is easily one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He doesn't take himself seriously at yeah. all. And I know he's he's definitely in a, he's in a position to where definitely the situation going on with all his Dude, hurting him. that but. guy is like the Joker of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so criminally good. The Joker from Batman, if he dedicated his life to music instead of crime, that's why... <laughs> Put it's it like, like this. walking through a funhouse. Put it like this. In an interview, like, I still have this. It became a meme saved to, I found it's like, uh, he jokingly, like, said, I don't know if he jokingly, he probably was pretty serious about it. He wanted a million dollars to write a symphony about dicks. Yeah, he was serious <laughs> about that. I, without even knowing the interview. Because I, I, I have got a meme yeah. on my phone that goes, a perfect musician doesn't exist, and, like, cuts off exists, and it's just a picture of Devin Townsend with, like, that big-ass, like, gravy he yeah. had he goes Devin Townsend wants a million dollars to write a symphony about dicks <laughs> all right well yep. with that uh that's been a little bit of a longer episode yeah uh, than we've been doing the past couple <clears throat> weeks uh but we hope you all enjoyed it and you know yep. had a fun time on our musical history journey in our top few five but plus a few albums and remember if you like our podcast then like the podcast like like click like like and uh share us with your friends or even consider uh you know taking a look at some of our merch that we have we yep have some pretty dope hoodies and yeah. other things tweet at dalton thank you again not literally those words thank you again mm-hmm. we should um, we'll change it up eventually i remember to tweet at him thank you again he was very confused but yeah uh follow us i think our links are in the description yep and if they're not I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, give us a like, go listen to... Y'all have been great. Yeah, go listen to the Takeoff Podcast. Stay safe, and...